When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf, and you're listening to my podcast, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. In today's episode, I interview former Navy SEAL, best-selling author and entrepreneur, Brandon Webb, on how to face your fears and use them to your advantage, healing PTSD, how to help vets and active military members with their mental health, and so much more. But before we begin the episode, I would love to ask you to take a few minutes right now and subscribe to my podcast. It would mean the world to me. And keep sharing your favorite episodes and key takeaways with friends and family and on social media. And don't forget to pick up a copy of my new book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, available on Amazon or Target, wherever books are sold. One more note. This podcast is for educational purposes. If you need medical advice, please contact the appropriate medical personnel. And now on to today's episode. Brandon, I'm so thrilled to be talking to you again. We did a live about a year ago and it was it was fascinating. And I can't believe it's almost a year since we've spoken, but I can, considering what a year we've all had. But I'm thrilled to have you back on the show again. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me again. It was I enjoyed our first conversation. That was wonderful. Well, you just in while you were just ch- chatting before the show started, you told me some exciting new things that are happening. But before we start, can you just tell my listeners who you are, a little bit of your background, your little bit of your backstory, and and then tell us this latest exciting news? That's amazing. Sure. So, for those that don't know me, Brandon Webb. I'm a former Navy SEAL. I was actually born in Canada to an American mom, Canadian dad. I grew up. You know, my parents were hippies. Grew up on a sailboat. Grew up working on boats myself. My dad, on a big sailing trip with the family, when I was 16, he threw me off the boat in Tahiti. We had a, we had a big argument. <laughs> I learned that there's only one captain on the ship, and that was my father. It was actually a really kind of positive experience, much as it was terrifying as a 16-year-old kid to be on your own. Ended up learning about the Navy SEAL teams, and because I had grown up working on scuba diving boats as a kid, I had this diving background. So ended up finishing high school joining the military, becoming a SEAL. Navy was a great experience for me. I got my college education through the Navy. But I was in my instructor tour after Afghanistan. I deployed to Afghanistan in 2001, SEAL Team 3. Came back, was a sniper instructor, then actually got promoted to run the sniper program for the SEALs. So all the, especially in Texas, right? Like Chris Kyle, American Sniper, Marcus Luttrell, all, all students of the sniper program that I ended up taking over. But I, at that point in my career, I kind of hit burnout. I could see the 
never ending deployments. And, and I just didn't want to be kind of a washed up seal with no relationship with this, with my kids. And I was trying to save my marriage at the time. And so I decided to leave early in 2006. And since then, got into business. My first startup I lost in the last recession in 2009. I lost everything, <laughs> but I built it up. You know, I, I feel like I was talking to my good friend, Christina, who, who runs a really interesting video game publishing business, a large $100 million business. She's writing a book about, she's gamifying the workplace because in her, the environment that they built around video games is that failure is a learning experience. It's like necessary to kind of level up. And I feel like that's, that's the same way when I lost my first business, I realized, well, I've got all this knowledge and, and I'll just go do something else. So I built a digital media business. I've been in e-commerce. I'm an author like yourself. I mostly was doing nonfiction and I, I love that creative outlet of writing. What I realized after my first couple of books was it was a form of therapy for me. Like I was writing about loss, losing friends in the war what it's like to, to be over in, in, in that environment. And then I decided to write a novel. I decided to write a novel 10 years ago. It took me 10 years. That's not, that's not an unusual story. That's amazing that you persisted, though. That's beautiful. Yeah, thanks. And so this novel idea I had, I was before I was a Navy SEAL, I was a search and rescue swimmer with the helicopter squadron. So I'd jump out and, and rescue, rescue pilots and... I was on this massive aircraft carrier called the Abraham Lincoln, 6,000-person 6, 6, floating city, all contained. And we had a sexual predator on the boat. They just integrated women onto the ship. And so we're, the Navy was dealing with all that. And at the same time, you have this sexual predator molesting women. Never caught him. Like six months trapped on the oh ship. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine that? I can't These understand that. Ter- terrified. But the, the military is not equipped to deal with like complex crime and investigations. And, and so I thought to myself, I was like, God, that would be an amazing story if it was like this Hannibal Lecter serial killer on the boat. And so that's, that's the book I wrote called Steel Fear. John Mann, who I collaborate with, we finished. I started writing the book and then I just said, John, can you help finish? We finished it, turned it in to my agent in December last year and the pandemic hit, but we ended up getting like a record advance from Random House. Uh, Ann Spires, our editor, she did with her boss, they did the Game of Thrones books. Like she's an amazing collaborator and editor, but super excited about the book. And then we had a bidding war for, for TV series. And we ended up going with, with Peacock because we, we think that that was our best shot at getting it actually made into the series. So anyway, that, that's, that's incredible. A a, <laughs> you you just drop with it. You, yeah. you, you drop this, the straight face. And so it's like, just by the by, you save lives, you jump off planes to save drowning people. <laughs> you're a Navy SEAL, you've trained snipers. You, I mean, and, and I just signed a, signed a book deal for an incredible story. That's now picked up to be a TV series. Brandon, you're amazing. Congratulations. That's just phenomenal. I'm so humble with the whole thing. I'm so pleased that people can actually, you know, learn more from you because I bet you your story is filled with lessons that people can learn from the trauma because you say that with a smile on your face, but I know your a little bit of your I know a little bit of your backstory because I've interviewed you before and I've read your stuff and you know you've gone through a lot of stuff. And if anyone understands PTSD, you do. And you know, you're you're a great you're a great 
person, a sort of advocate for helping and, and the, you, you, you know, the impact of this on people's lives. So could we transition to that, to this idea of you know, experiencing trauma from, I mean, you're telling a beautiful story at the end, but you've, you know, you've got a whole lifespan of experiences that created tremendous trauma in you and you suffered a lot. And, you know, tell us a bit about that and how you handled it and what are your feelings about PTSD and how it's been managed in the military and the Marines and in general? It's a good question. So I, I feel like initially the military and the Veterans Administration, which deals with, with most of the medical treatment for the military personnel that tran- transition to civilian life, I feel like they're way, way behind the power curve initially. You know, the, the treatment was draconian in nature, right? Like somebody experiencing trauma, they would just throw prescription pills at these people. At the same time, even my own experience, what got me into yoga was I, I had a back injury and the VA is like, okay, well, here's some Percocet and, and we'll just put you on like a, a recurring f- subscription. We'll send it to your, you know, your mailing address, this big bottle of Percocet. And, and then we'll just, we're going to operate on your back. And luckily I had a friend who's a neurosurgeon and he's like, do not let them operate. You do not need back surgery. He said, lose weight, stop running, start swimming and do yoga. And I listened to him, Dr. Kureshi, Soheb Kureshi, and changed my life. And so yoga got me into meditation and, and I realized why well, can, you can actually, in many cases, heal yourself, heal your back holistically. It's just a much healthier way to, to go about it. So I, I feel like the VA now is more acceptable to these things, but it still has a a long way to go. A lot of people are are in need, and they're not getting probably the best treatment that that they should be. Mental health also has come a lot further in the military. When I was in the SEAL teams, if you said I want to go talk to a ther- therapist or a psychologist, you would be suspended. Like you'd be placed on temporary. You wouldn't be allowed to to operate, and and that and nobody wants that. That's why. When I got out of the Navy, you have to document all your injuries. I had to go like, because people are afraid to go to the doctor in the military, especially in the SEAL teams, because they don't, similar to pilots, they don't want to lose their flight status or, or operational status. So they hide everything. But now that's gotten a lot better. People, the military has realized it's okay for somebody to go talk about these things because, because oftentimes it's, it's like a relief valve, right? Rather than bubbling bubbling over you you guys need to talk to somebody sometimes so i i feel like it's getting better there's a lot less stigma about psychology and therapy in, in the military which is a good thing and the va a lot more work needs to be done i've personally tried to advocate and just share my own experience with other veterans on platforms like this and and you know there's definitely a better way than just popping Two years ago for my media company, we shot a, a documentary called Big Mountain Heroes. It's free on YouTube. You can you can see it there. But it, it was the idea we would take these combat veterans to the French Alps. And they were all like decent ski skiers and snowboarders. And we shot this amazing outdoor film with, the, with some interviews that mixed in between. And the, the whole thing was thrills before pills. And it was showing... Every one of us was such, had such a unique story, but, but everyone used the outdoors as a form of therapy and just release. That was kind of the, 
the the message of the movie, right? It's like there's there's other healthier ways to deal with this stuff and to channel that. Have you felt unhappy, down, or off lately? Or maybe just not entirely yourself? It would be easy to blame the news or bad things going on in the world. But believe it or not, your negative feelings could also actually be caused by gut problems. You see, serotonin is known as the happiness chemical and 90% of your serotonin is created in your gut. What does that mean? It means that if your gut health is off, then you're just not going to feel as happy and positive as you normally do. When you start taking care of your gut, you'll be amazed at how much better you feel. Here's how I recommend you do this. Start taking Cognibiotics, the breakthrough mood-enhancing formula made by Bio-Optimizers. This formula starts with a solid foundation of prebiotics and probiotics to support gut health and positive feelings in a safe and natural way. But it doesn't stop there. Cognibiotics also includes 17 powerful brain herbs to enhance mood, manage stress and improve memory. If you think about it, Cognibiotics is almost like two supplements in one because of how it supports your mood and brain health through two different channels. Here's the best part. Cognibiotics comes with a full one-year guarantee. So I encourage you to try it risk-free and see for yourself how much better you feel. Simply go to cognibiotics.com forward slash Dr. Leaf and use Dr. Leaf 10 to receive 10% of any order. Again, it's cognibiotics.com dot com forward slash Dr. Leaf. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. Brandon, what you said is so vitally important and, and I'm so glad it's coming from, you know, someone who's been in the experience the the side of the war trauma and the trauma of doing what you had done then plus the the bad treatment and then seeing a shift and a slight change but it's fascinating that i mean i know this and i've been in this field it's fascinating to hear how you were people don't want to admit that they've got a, a need for therapy i mean how terrible as soon as you say you want to go see a therapist which would make you a better navy seal because you'd be dealing with your stuff because you can't bottle it. this stuff is real it's causing brain damage yeah. it's causing you reducing your blood flow to your brain so you, you're going to be more impulsive which is the last thing you need as a navy seal but they saw that as a negative thing you know this has been the fight that i've been in and this is what i mean this is why the, i do the work that i do i mean this book that i've just written cleaning up your mental mess it's how to help you manage your mind in every situation proactively preventatively and retroactively when you've actually gone through the stuff and you've got to fix it up and the whole point is that i mean our mind is always with us you know if you think of it brandon there's something yeah. i always say you can go three weeks without food you can go three days without water you can go three minutes without oxygen but you cannot go even three seconds without your mind working. And um, your mind's always with you. Your mind's with you when you wake up, when you go to sleep. It's always there. It's experiencing every experience you had as a 16-year-old being thrown off the boat and having to make your way in the world and the training in the military. And I mean, in the in the, in the military, the Marines and the, the Navy SEAL experiences and some were very traumatic. That experience on the, on the boat with a sexual predator. I mean, one thing after another. I know you've got a lot of different experiences. Your mind was experiencing that. A large portion of what you experienced were adverse circumstances. So obviously, which is what the majority of people in military are experiencing or adverse circumstances, depression, anxiety, etc. Those are warning signals, they're responses to those adverse circumstances. So you would think that there would be a provision in place and a thinking mindset of the people in charge that 
be needing to help them manage their mind. Number one is mind. And then it's all the other stuff. And I know you got into mind and that's how you, you know, you got into mind through the meditation and realizing you had to control your mind. But it's just unbelievable that people can get stuck in the wrong mindset. And you, that's why I wanted to, to bring you on this podcast so people can hear what was happening and what is still largely happening across the, the military and the, you know, with the yeah. veterans, the VA and that kind of stuff. It's, it's still a huge issue. I heard this from a friend of mine that at SEAL Team 6. And SEAL Team 6 is the, the top counterterrorism unit for the Navy. They were actually giving the guys returning from combat some type of injection in the spinal cord that would that would just help them like behave at the dinner table. Like because they had these like violent outbursts. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like, how about like some meditation and like just crazy stuff? Oh, so, some meditation to try to control the, their experience. So that, and that was quite recently. Yeah, that was within the last couple of years. The, the big thing, I think, I was watching that Michael Phelps documentary about the gold medalist, an Olympian, Olympians dealing with depression. And that's very similar to what, what my community is, is dealing with in transition because it, it's, it's, a, it's very similar in the sense that you, as an Olympian, you train for this one moment in time. As soon as that mo- moment passed, it's like, what am I? And it's the same in the SEAL teams. You, you've reached this like high pinnacle, then you leave the community and there's not a support mechanism outside the community. You're on, you're kind of, kind of on your own. And then it's like, what am I now? I was this top Navy SEAL. Now I'm like just, a, just an average person on the outside. And, and then the other, the other component that I, I reread Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah. To your point, right? you your mind is so powerful and it's with us all the time. He mentions in the book, like how people would just give up mentally and, and then physiologically they would die and like literally, but the core principle of that book is purpose. And I feel like also what's happening is we've had, we were still in Afghanistan 20 years later. Like, I don't know what we're doing past 2003. I've asked congressmen, senators, defense executives, nobody can give me a straight answer. What's the strategic purpose? Why are we still there? So I, when I was there, it was right after 9-11. Like, and our mission was extremely clear. We're going to wipe out the terrorist training camps, kill the bad guys, and that was kind of it. And, and I'm like, I can get behind that after 9-11. Now, what happened is you drifted into 2010, incredibly complex rules of engagement, where you have to get shot at first before you can return fire. Guys are getting, men and women getting blown up, terribly disfigured, killed. People are coming back and then they get out and they go, and, and there's no sen- sense of purpose behind it. And that's where I think I had a sense of purpose when I was over there. And that helps me like rationalize bad stuff, right? Like the traumatic experience. Because I can go, you know what? It was, war is terrible. But we did kill people, but there was purpose behind it kind of like the great war the world war ii when you have this like evil person like adolf hitler you can kind of rationalize that stuff around like getting this guy out but now these people come back they have no purpose they're like they realize that their friends died they got injured and they did all this bad stuff for nothing like there's just there's no reason to be in afghanistan and, and in a lot of these places and that i think is a huge problem and why why we have one of the largest transitions from military civilian life that we've had since World War II. 
And they are not transitioning as well as the World War II veterans because I think it's this lack of purpose. Like you come home from World War II, you know, you've you've killed Hitler essentially. <laughs> yeah, you've achieved this major goal. You've liberated oppressed people that yeah, you created that meaning. And there is no meaning right now. And I and I think that that is what a huge challenge we have now with these men and women who are transitioning out of the military. That's so insightful and so incredibly purpose. It shows when people don't have meaning and don't have purpose, they lose hope. And then you get the whole transition yeah. becomes despair, you know, and, and we're seeing the deaths of despair yeah. increasing. And, and as you quite rightly say, you know, the minute that you don't, that your mind is in that state, the impact on the brain and the body, because mind is experiencing, mind is external to brain, but surrounding but in and out of it sort of it's the external sort of creative force jet gravitational fields but it impacts what you're experiencing through your you process through your mind and you push through your brain and your body and you build the experience into your brain what's so important is that we we experience something so experience something like what's going on in afghanistan and that experience is as they're experiencing the moment that they're awake and it gets process through think the mind which is thinking feeding choosing and it becomes protein structures that look like trees that literally grow into your brain so here you're growing and here's a prop of a brain so we're growing these into our brain but our brain's not wired for this toxicity it's wired for a healthy thought so if this becomes managed it's okay you can fix the brain and the body but this impact of these inside the brain then impacts the entire body i always use these props because it's so much easier to visualize and and you see that in the for example i just in my most recent clinical trials which i've put in the book and i'll be sending you a copy of the book so you can have a look and see just at the concepts okay. and things that we saw immediately the minute that people felt that the issues were unmanageable that there's no meaning, that there's no purpose, that they can't, they kind of would shove them down. And so that would create that trauma, that post-traumatic stress, which we're talking about it as a disorder, but it's not. It's a reordering. It's a coping mechanism. You experience that adverse circumstance. It's adverse experience goes into your brain. You cope the only way that you can cope. And it's so hard that it's pushed down. So it creates this damaged thing in the brain. Your brain sees this as in the same way it would see for example, COVID virus. So your immune system of your brain and body will then send out inflammatory factors, T lymphocytes and B lymphocytes and macrophages to fight the COVID or whatever virus. It does the same thing for these toxic issues. So it creates inflammation yeah. and that inflammation then creates these physiological responses in our cardiovascular system, brain, etc. And not only that, this is then generating, these are all our behaviors and, and emotions. This is the perspective. This is the origin story, the experience in Afghanistan, for example, whatever happened produces a perspective. These are all the memories, origin story. This is the perspective. These branches are the detail of how you're interpreting that, how your experience felt, the behaviors, the emotions of your experience. And that's all so awful. It's in your brain. It's in the DNA of every cell of your body. It's in the gravitational fields of your mind. So when you push it down to just cope, then it comes back. It comes back physiologically in your body, in your brain, in your mind. And you get this tremendous effect of depression and anxiety. And then they label it as an it, as a disease. I mean, that's like injury upon injury. Already, what what you need to yeah. is to feel it, to be able to talk about it. And I mean, you're you're a vet. You've been through this. But my experience of of working and talking to vets and the, the research I've done is that what you're wanting. And please correct me if I'm wrong here. But what you're wanting to do is to be able to unpack these experiences. And it is painful and it's terrible. It will get worse before it gets better. But you want to be able to talk. I feel anxious and depressed because these were the experiences I had from this origin story. And research shows, Brandon, when we talk about that. 
that. We, the minute we do that, we bring it from non-conscious to conscious mind. We weaken all the little protein structures in the brain, it becomes malleable, which means I can then change how this past plays out into my future. I can reconstruct this, deconstruct and reconstruct it into something healthy. A bit like you bash down an ugly old house and you rebuild it and you remember how it was, but now you're living in this healthy mental space. So the past now has changed yeah. the future. And that's what we need to allow people. So we mustn't just label PTSD and give you an injection in your spine so you don't have, this will produce behaviors. This will unmanaged produce extreme behaviors, extreme depression, extreme anxiety, extreme psychotic behaviors, disassociation, incredible physical ailments, and just injecting it or, or suppressing with an antidepressant is not going to help. You need the therapy. You need the support system. You need to be able to unpack it. You know, and that's why what I all my years of research, I developed the, the neurocycle concept too, which is how you manage your mind, how you find these things and deconstruct them. So here now, given you, I didn't mean to give you a whole thing, but I just wanted the listeners and the viewers and the audience to understand the severity of when we talk about someone who's been through war, this is so real. It's in three parts. These thoughts are in your brain, your body, and your mind, and you can't just push them down. So no wonder, how do you transition with this? If this is the like years of experience with this and, and, and this is what you've got, you're living through this toxic view. We've got to get that out and weaken it and reconceptualize it so that we can transition. And we're not doing that. We don't have procedures in place that are effective enough for that transition from what I'm hearing you say. Okay, I said a lot there. Yeah, Take it how you want and unpack it. Tell me if I'm right. Tell me if I'm wrong in terms of, of understanding PTSD. I, I think you you described it very well. The, the the other issue, especially not just in the SEAL community, but the special operations community, if you're in the army, for instance, let's say you're army infantry, chances are you, you know, from 2001 to 2010, say you might be exposed to combat maybe two, three times. The special operations community, they've been leaned on so heavily. And I, and I really think this is a, a leadership issue because they just the environment of the special operations community is deploy 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 to to get advanced in rank rather than take a three four year tour like an instructor tour to kind of take a break get some therapy i know seals that have deployed to combat 15 20 times so they've got like like 15 of those trees <laughs> those dead trees to deal with and, and that's a big problem because one thought tree can have millions of memories. Hi friends, Me Undies believes that comfort is about more than what's touching your skin. It's about feeling comfortable in your skin. That's why Me Undies not only uses a sustainable, breathable, soft as heck fabric, but they also give you endless styles to choose from. It's totally comfortable inside and out. Buying underwear that is comfortable, sustainable and looks great can be a very stressful experience, especially if you have to go to a store to do it. And I often need to clean up my mental mess afterwards. This is why I love MeUndies, which have made shopping for underwear for me and my husband Mac fun, easy, stress-free and convenient. Plus, you never have to leave your couch again with a MeUndies membership, a monthly subscription that sends new pairs right to your door. With site-wide savings and exclusive sales, you'll automatically pay less for everything. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchases, you get 15% off and free shipping. MeUndies also has their problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund or exchange. No caveats, no questions. To get your 15% off your first order and free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash DrLeaf. 
That's meundies.com slash drleaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. Caroline, there are guys that I knew very well. I do not even recognize them anymore. Like that, that's how drastic the change that, that has happened inside them is. I, I cannot even recognize the person I used to know. And that's the scary part. That breaks my heart because it doesn't have to be like that. And and neither you nor I are saying that we're going to take the pain away. In fact, what we're trying to say is that that story, what they've gone, they need to speak about their story and be helped to process that because it's the suppression that's breaking them. These will break you. Living with this is creating that yeah. brain damage, increasing your vulnerability to disease. So they're sitting with all kinds of lifestyle diseases on top of their minds being tortured. It doesn't have to be like that. You know, it really breaks my heart. Yeah. I mean, Brandon, what are we going to do about this? Seriously. I mean, it's, it's a great question, right? Because I, I started this subscription business and it grew too big and it and it, it got out of control. I ended up selling it last year called the Crate Club. And what I realized is I need to go back to school. So I, I joined this special program at Harvard Business School, it's like a two-year MBA for business owners. And one of the first sessions we had, this Professor Rowie was talking about these major issues that we're, we're facing in America and, and the rest of the world. And that his main point at the end of this talk, and he was sharing this data that, that showed that America is very similar from an income divide than, and sometimes even worse probably now than Russia. So we have this class divide, this class divide that's pushed us to these political extremes. We have issues in this country with healthcare, education, income divide. And the, the main point of the story was we can't rely on the government to solve these problems is, is just the main, the main point of the story. And that it takes all of us, it's going to take all of us to, to do something uh, about it. And so whether that's helping out at a nonprofit, writing a book like yourself, raising awareness, like it, you, we can no longer just sit and watch things happen on on the internet or television and complain about it and go, okay, well, someone, I'm just going to vote for this person and they're going to fix it. But that's just not, that's not going to happen. So it takes, it takes all of us to, to kind of really fix these issues. It's taking you and I, it's taking yeah. grassroots. We have to take it into our hands. And then if you create enough of an upswell, then you can get you can get noticed then on the higher level and then hopefully it can be taken and then implemented in a greater scale. But you have to kind of create a, an awareness, a, a buzz of an, another yeah. option. That's why I, I just posted this morning on my social media. I got interviewed by y- Yoga Journal because they found out this crazy Navy SEAL guy is doing yoga and meditating. No, but and it's they, fantastic. They gave me a... Yeah, they gave, they did a great interview and, and I just posted it again this morning just because I want people to see like, you know, I, I think pe- people have this idea of Navy SEALs just being these tough, you know, emotionless. Toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. Yeah, there you go. Totally. I mean, I'm a great fan of I do hot yoga every day when it's not freezing here in Texas when things are working. Yeah. But and I totally agree with you. It's it's vital. It's a yeah. huge. But as you say, and, and half our class is actually males, which is really interesting. So it's so good that you're raising that awareness and talking about it's it's that toxic masculinity and this thing that we mustn't talk about it. You know, Brendan, you probably know this, but three percent of leaders are talking. Only three percent are talking about mental health. And it's because of the 40 years of the way we've defined mental health. It's been defined as this neurobiological or neuropsychiatric brain disease, which already sounds scary, just saying it makes you anxious. And it's been made to be an it like 
cancer or diabetes. And it's not, that's not correct science. If you look at the research, it's not what the research is saying. You know, and that's where, we, where my work comes in, where we've got to recognize that we as humans are having these adverse experiences and we're responding. And, and in, in war, it's extreme. We're not wired for that. Yeah. So we have to put yeah. measures in place to make it acceptable. And so that goes for the 3% in the military and in the corporate and in the church and in the education. It's leaders are putting on this, oh, I'm, a, I'm fine. Mental health is that Meanwhile, if you're a human, you have mental health issues. You have a mental mess. All of us do. And as soon as we level the playing fields and recognize, hey, I'm somewhere in this continuum of plus 10 to minus 10 in my life and extreme experiences will push me down the minus 10. It's not that it's not my fault. It's what I experienced. And we need to honor that and help people to be able to pull through and transition back. And until that becomes the ongoing narrative, I mean, that's the narrative I keep putting out. It's a narrative you putting out that we have to look at this differently. We have to keep going. I, I want to ask you, I've got some questions that a couple of other questions okay. that I wanted to ask you. Do you want, did you want to comment on what I've just said there before I ask you the next question? I mean, I would just say I'm glad there are people out there like yourself that are, are raising awareness and, and kind of taking away the, the stigma because it, it's going to take, it's come a long way in, in all fairness in the, in the military, but it has a lot further to go. Like I still know that, that the VA is, you know, they would much rather, you know, have people, you know, pop a pill and then kind of like unpack these, these issues, like you're saying. So. I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. No, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. There's a lot of shame around that. It's almost like hide it, give them a pill, gets control it. Let's give them the injection in the spine to control it. Let's pretend it doesn't exist. Is that still the thinking? Kind of. No, I, it's changing. But it, look, it that you're talking about, you know, a hundred years of of culture that we're trying to deconstruct, and and, and it doesn't happen overnight, as you know. So it, it's getting better, but it. There's still a lot more room for improvement, I guess, what I'm trying to say. The more we talk and the more you post things on your Instagram, like you say, about you doing yoga, you doing meditation, you're talking about your issues as the this incredible, incredibly, this military seal talking about things like that. It, it's giving people permission. You know, that whole 3% of leaders don't talk. If you talked about it, you give permission to the other nine, to, to all your, that the people that yeah. you're leading and influencing to also say, oh, it's okay. I can breathe. It's okay. I can, it's, I don't have to see depression as terrible. You know, in the, in the East, depression is not seen as bad. It's seen as a helpful message. And I, recent research came out of Texas and Tokyo that confirmed research that I just finished and I put in my new book, confirming that, that the way you view something. So if you view this, this the, the symptoms of PTSD, SD as messengers of the underlying cause, you immediately shift the power balance, you shift your neurophysiology, you increase brain resilience, and then you have the strength to actually unpack these and work through them and reconceptualize them. There's so many things I want to ask you, but I want to ask you, let's touch on men's mental health. While we're on this topic, it's kind of appropriate. It's not often spoke about, spoken about, yet more men commit suicide than women. And how do you think we can change this? And how do we, because we're on this topic, so let's talk about this. How do we get more men not to suppress, but rather deal with what they're going through, deal with all these toxic thoughts and these subsequent emotions? I mean, I think it takes leadership, right? And, and that's why I, I, I used to think I was helping my fellow veterans that would come to me and ask for, for a job. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give them a job and that's going to that's gonna fix their problems. And, and I actually, I had a guy I hired that committed suicide. Like I, I let him go from, because he got hooked on prescription drugs by the VA. He had a problem. I called his wife and said, look, this this you know, I'm, I'm sorry, this is happening. I'm going to give him 60 day severance. Like we need to get, get your husband help. He ended up unfortunately overdosing six months after that, 
you know, that that's kind of the tragedy. And what I realized was, okay, I, I thought just, you know, giving these people money was helping, but I, I, and I was reflecting cause I, it's a terrible thing to experience that as, as somebody I considered a friend and, and was an employee. I said, you know what I need to share. I was thinking about okay, what did I do personally to, to transition and, what are the tools that I use? And fortunately, when I taught in the sniper program, I was working with some of the best mental management coaches in the world, a lot of positive psychology. So I, I, I used a lot of these tools to deal with my own, my own baggage. And then I thought, okay, I need to start sharing my story and talking about meditation and yoga and, and kind of the, the way I've dealt with these issues Cause, and, and getting that message out. Cause I have a media platform at softrip.com and we have a large audience and, and a lot of it is a lot of it is that male kind of alpha male demographic that guys are watching ufc sports and, and most of them like admire the guys that served in the military same, same we have the same kind of fan base that goes and sees the american sniper movie and, and so i wanted to start sharing the story and saying look it's okay to be a man but it's also okay to be vulnerable and talk about this stuff and, and not project this bullshit image. And so, especially somebody with my background sharing this and being vulnerable, I started getting all sorts of, not just from the military community, but other men that were like, thank, thank you for sharing this. Like, I, I feel like empowered to go share my own story and, and, and look at things differently. That's when I knew like, okay, that, that's how I personally could make a better impact and, and contribution, just kind of sharing my own experience. That's what I'm trying to do. So what you've done is you've one of the 3% leaders that is now one of, is shifted out of, the, that, are, that are speaking about mental health and you're making it, you're giving them permission. You're saying to these macho men from the years of toxic masculinity that you, it's okay. This is part of being human. You don't, it's almost like you're a male. You're not allowed to feel, you know, you're not allowed to talk yeah. about how sad you are. Yeah. And even I feel like toxic masculinity has, has, is a misunderstood term. I feel like people hear it and they get triggered, but they don't understand like, it's okay to be masculine. It's just yeah. like that, that part, the, the bad part you got exactly. to get rid of. To feel your best mentally, it is important to also feel your best physically, from head to toe. This is why I love Features, a family-owned and operated company that creates socks that help you feel your personal best, whether you're at home, at work, at school, out for the night, or working out. Features is obsessed with making the perfect sock. Ones you don't have to think about because their custom fit means that they don't slip, they don't bunch, and they certainly don't give you blisters. All their socks are designed to support your feet with the anatomical design and targeted compression. I personally love using my feature socks when doing yoga or working out because they look good and are so comfortable and never slip down. Which if you've tried many socks like I have, you know it's rare to find. Every step I take in my feature socks is cool, dry and comfortable, plus comes with a lifetime guarantee. Features is challenging you to try a pair and if they're not the best socks you've ever worn, they'll take them back. They are so confident that you'll love their socks that they've also given my listeners of Cleaning Up the Mental Mess $10 off your first pair of features when you go to features.com forward slash Dr. Lee. That's F-E-A-T-U-R-E-S dot com slash Dr. Lee for $10 off your first pair of features. The link and offer details will be in the show notes.
I'm glad you said that. So we we define toxic masculinity as it's beautiful to be masculine and to love all the things that you love. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's the what what rounds you off as a male is also being vulnerable. And it's and you're a human first. And humans have yeah. emotions. And in every thought in your brain, you have emotions. These trees, the toxic and the and the healthy, aren't just data. You're not just a data machine. You're not just an avatar. But you every. You, you have emotions too. Every leaf is an emotion. So with your mind, you're thinking, feeling, and choosing. Humans think, yeah. feel, and choose. So you can't eliminate the core hum- part of your humanity, which is feeling. It's a core part. And that's what we're saying. The toxic part is eliminating that. What you, Brandon, are bringing back is is bringing that, that it's okay. That's part of who I am. So do you think then this, the, maybe it's obvious, this not being able to tell our story and, and, and own our depression and anxiety and the vulnerability. And I don't like this and I feel sad about that. And I feel ashamed of this and I feel this and this terrifies me. And it being able to express that, do you think that would improve men, men's mental health and, and, and help with suicide, the suicide rate? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think we're seeing that the very reason Michael Phelps, again, who, who I'm a fan of. I remember talking about him before. A, I, I became a bigger fan when he, look, everybody likes to tear down the hero, right? Like this guy had an incredible Olympic record career. Then he got like caught smoking pot and they just wanted to tear him down. But then he, he kind of came out and said, look, I'm suffering. Like I have depression. I have these issues. And then people just like turn, wow, like this guy's vulnerable and sharing this stuff. And he, you know, I don't know him personally, but I've, I've followed what he's done to kind of raise awareness around mental health in general, but especially as, as somebody, I think a lot of men look up to. And so I think, yeah, having guys like Phelps it even encouraged me to, to, to share my story. And, and I think the more men can realize that this stuff, they can be vulnerable and share and, and, and these, get in these groups. When I, I know people have suffered as well as you do, and every type of, like, the healing process involves some type of communication and expression and kind of unpacking this stuff. You can't keep it bottled up inside of you. So by setting that example, having you know, male leaders set that example, I, I think is a, is a good thing. And, and hopefully we'll get more men to kind of, kind of open up and, and unpack this stuff. We need to have more discussions like this. We need to create platforms where, you know, people can actually start, you know, having these discussions and even, you know, yeah, it's, this is what you're doing is fantastic. And so it's opening up. I just love it. It's incredible. I just love talking to you. You just have such, such a wealth of, of, of experience that can be translated into practical help for everyone. Is there something that you would like, okay. instead of me asking you a question, is there somewhere you'd like to go to end the interview that you think would be helpful for people in any Anything you want to say about what your experience and so on? I was watching this this interview with Elon Musk on Joe Rogan, and he, look, Elon is an interesting character, right? Like, and very, very polarizing as well. But so Elon, Elon's a very interesting character. I love the Joe Rogan interview because he, he, Joe asked interesting questions, and he asked Elon a couple of questions. One of my two favorite from the interview is first, like, why are you doing what you're doing? And Elon explained that, look, he has many things that are more interesting to him. He just, he's like, these are solar energy, renewable energy are things I think are just important to humankind and they're interesting to me. So that's why I'm doing Tesla and Solar City. The other thing was, you know, colonizing Mars increases the, the chance of our species surviving. 
and becoming like an interplanetary species, which is pretty cool. You know, that that's a very cool thing. But he says, yeah, I, I, I have enough money. I can do whatever I want. But these, these, I think, are important to humanity. I'm like, thank God there are people like him out there. You know, because and I imagine like some billionaires, you know, they're just like consolidating wealth and power. And, you yeah. Know. And how um, long can I live and try but, to preserve their body? But he's actually trying to yeah. expand the good of humanity. Yeah, exactly. And the, the last thing that I really struck me having, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, being a little bit in the public eye, people can be really nasty. Like they say things uh, and, and one thing that's, that struck me and I'll, I'll share that in a minute, but it, it also reminded me of a time Bezos shared a story about, he was a, I think a young teenage kid in the back of his grandfather's car and his grandmother was a smoker. And he started being in a, in a very like mean spirited way, sharing cancer statistics and telling his grandmother how she's going to die like early. And the grandfather turned back and, and said, Jeffrey, like sometimes it's much harder in life to be kind than it is to be clever. And that really stuck with me. And then I watched this interview with Elon Musk and Joe said, what do you have? What's the message? What do you think the world needs more of? And Elon's like, he said kindness. And, and I think that, that that's such a important thing to remind people because especially we saw like such a polarizing election where we're kind of losing our ability to have important conversations in, in, in this country, in the world with each other. Because if, because people aren't, they're so quick to put you in a certain bucket and just say, you've got to choose sides. Cause I, I get asked at parties, are you a Trump voter? Are you? And I'm like, if I, if I am so fucking what, like, is that going to change the conversation? Like, and, and that's the problem. Like we need more kindness. We need more we need to be able to express ourselves and, and treat each other with respect and share opinions and debate these topics. And I have this quote on my Twitter. It's, it's a strong opinions held loosely. <laughs> um, I'm not afraid to express But Look, I've had my mind changed before. And that's the great thing about discussion and debate. So uh, I would just leave your listeners like, remember, it's, it's harder to be kind and clever or mean. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. You know, we work, we're a family business. I have four kids and my husband and my, and except for my son, five of us are in the business and my son gives his input too. And it's very easy as a family to have arguments and get, so we have a philosophy and that's James quote of three things in life are important. Just three things, be kind, be kind, be kind, you know, and it's, it's vital, isn't it? It's an absolutely yeah. essential <laughs> thing and it does so much good in the yeah. brain and the body. So thank you for ending with something that's so filled with meaning because in kindness is the ability to agree to disagree, is the ability to then reach beyond ourselves and help others in all the, the walks of life that we have to contribute to. And I really thank you for saying that. And I think that was a beautiful way to end the interview. And where can people find out more about you? Uh, they can go to my website brandontylerweb.com. I have all my social media on there. I'm on Clubhouse now, which is a pretty amazing. Yes, it is amazing. Uh, I'm on Clubhouse yeah. too. Yeah. Not the chat on there. We'll have <laughs> to do it. We'll, we'll have to do a, a Clubhouse together on, on, on these topics That'll for sure. Amazing. I think it'll be fantastic. Yeah. We'll definitely do that. Wonderful. Well, Brandon, it's been a pleasure as usual. And we'll call, we'll put all those links in our show notes and I look forward to our next discussion. It's been amazing. Thank Same. you. Thanks, Carla. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. 
If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.